Howdy folks, it is Monday, July 25th, 2011. This is the Bad Dog Book Club. It's episode 13B, and we're reading uh, Friday's Child is Loving and Giving by mm-hmm. Andre Siani Halden, yeah. uh, which came to us from the anthology Fortune Teller's Poem, which was just released last month by our good friends at Fur Planet. So this one- thanks to everyone for that. This was a story where we debuted our new website, too. Yes. Alex Vance put a lot of work into it. Yes, he did. It's much better than our old site, I it, think. Yes. Hopefully, it'll be easier to update. We apologize for some of the, the craziness with updates lately, but it, it's not our fault. So. But the cool thing is we've now apparently upgraded to our own domain. Yes. Like we got we, like, promoted or something? We did. Yeah. Baddogbookclub.com. Yeah. So, the three of you, update your bookmarks, please. All, I guess. all three of you. Yep. 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 Baddogbookclub.com. There's no... Whatever happened to the WWW on these things? Mm, I don't know. You that. notice there's no WWW They disappeared like a line of Tetris blocks. Yeah. I mean, line people are like, oh, off. that's so 1997. It's going to come back eventually. Yeah. I'm on the WWW. Retro chic. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and, and well, we've got your birthday's next week. Mm-hmm. So you will be out of town for that. So we yep. are making... Uh, well... Toon says here owed me uh, a batch of cupcakes from the Super Bowl from, the, from a poor wager on his part as to who would win the Super Bowl. I was just going with my team that that had already uh-huh. you know betrayed the week before by going with the Ravens against them. But right, whatever. right. So uh, we decided that you know he would make cupcakes for his own birthday today mm-hmm. since he still owed me cupcakes. So yeah, yes, we're in, we got cupcakes in the oven, so we got a. You know, we might have to take a little pause in the recording to pull it's them out. Proper but, book club um, atmosphere. Proper book club. Yes, we have it is. And uh, drinks. And- yes, and and everybody has been suffering here in the states for the last uh, couple weeks from terrible, terrible heat. Thursday, I was working in town. I, th- I think you were too. Uh, DC set. Well, the area set records for highest hottest temperature. Wow. Um, on that day, at least, uh, it hit one oh six at BWI. At the airport. Wow. It was 105 in D.C. Uh, the heat index, that's how hot it feels with the humidity in D.C. on Thursday, was 121. But all the real and heat... And I believed it. And it was not a dry heat, as they say. Mm-hmm. And what were you going to say? So the real heat was on baddogclub.com. And Obviously. Friday's Child is loving you. Obviously. It's a wonderful story. Oh, my God. I love this. You it's, loved it. Okay, but it, so here, we didn't pick why. it out. We should say we had our friend Fuzz... Who runs Fur Planet? He, he. I said, I told him a couple weeks ago. I was like, "You got this anthology coming out, and I want to bump it. Pick your favorite story from there. Let's hear it." So, or a favorite. I shouldn't say you because I don't want to offend anybody. So I say a favorite story. And this is what he replied back with. Well, I, I just liked it because you know I, I tend to think of myself as the ambassador that's operating between the bears and the twink communities uh-huh. because you know they, they don't always have the best of relations as may, might be demonstrated in this in the story like just the the raw lack of self-esteem that Brian shows when he's around this twinkish fennec fox uh-huh. just maybe demonstrates that maybe you know connections between the two parties aren't quite as healthy as they can be so this is I think a good story for us to uh Examine it and remember that bears and twinks 
although they sometimes fight and argue, they really do have common interests. Uh-huh, Those uh-huh. common interests being bears and Two gay stereotypes that go great together. Right? Yeah, but I mean, because it works, like peanut butter and jelly, and, you know, nachos and cheese dip or something Who's like that. The bears and twinks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and we should point out that... Uh, yeah, well, both Toonses and I, I mean, you're younger, so I think you count still, but what was your criteria for being a twink? Because I like twink. that. Oh, right. Okay, so do the patch of hair. When the happy trail. Crotch. Yeah. Right. If that, when that meets up with the patch of hair the in your chest. chest rough. That's, yeah. you know, the hourglass on your on your twinkhood running right. out. So we still, by that criteria, we still are twinks. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, they've got another, like another three years. Until yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely closer, but yes. Uh, but you are uh, now. Now my partner Bun is pretty twinky himself. He doesn't have like any chest. We don't have any bears here, by the way. But your boyfriend's a bear. Right? Oh yeah, Robert's yeah, a bear. Yeah, so I think you felt maybe a little uh, commonality well, yeah. with the story. Well, yeah. Okay, so I mean, Robert's not a, a straight dude with kids, but. Um, when was, that you know of. Yeah, okay. I don't want to say anything I can't guarantee. <laughs> but, uh, when you just look at the like the age gaps and the physical body mm-hmm. types, it just matched up pretty pretty good, pretty well with myself and Robert. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like there's already that immediate connection so there with you the go. story. It's one of the reasons you like this story. I'm, I mean, it's kind of hard not to, you know, see how it mirrors your, your, your personal life so, so maybe you see a little bears. of your uh, self in life because i saw a little of myself in life i saw <laughs> i saw an no, awful lot of christopherson from the fantastic mr fox uh-huh. and lady yeah i mean yeah. And, and whenever I, his, his lines were coming up in the story i heard them being delivered in jason schwartzman's voice because they were yeah. all like very in that very cool curt kind of helpful voice yeah, he doesn't t- say a lot he's like yeah, like like when uh, he when does Brian... a lot, but he doesn't say a lot. Yeah, he really doesn't. Everything he does is perfect and wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's true. But that's kind of why I think this is also of all the stories we've read so far, this is maybe the uh, most sincere fantasy work because it's such huh. an obvious fantasy that this this uh, Fennec Fox shows up in this bear's life and it's such a wonderful, like amazing thing and is so good with the kids and so like sexy and so like uh, and so. Uh, ready and willing to to get down to it. And then the thing is, like, and when Brian, the first time that Laith comes into the house, Brian is already checking him out. Yeah, it's not checking like it's something that develops slowly. Which over time. at the time was it was interesting to me because I thought that was kind of neat uh, because we what we know about Brian at that point is he was married, he has kids, his wife died, mm-hmm. and and but then we see him checking out a guy's butt. Yeah, well, so it, I thought that was kind of cool, you know. Then there's mm-hmm. that there's that fluid sexuality that really isn't, ex- or you know, really a lot of attention isn't focused on that in the story. Um, I guess you know maybe the most is when um, when he talks about uh, you know that Molly, his wife, uh, knew that he liked guys just as much as girls, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. obviously it said something. They went to gay clubs, too. Right, they went to gay clubs, too. And obviously it said something at some point to her dad, I guess. Um, but, you know, that was maybe the most the issue was raised. But other than that, it was just kind of but that also, presented as a perfectly natural thing, and I appreciated that. But there was there was some friction with the uh, the his co-workers when they were going out to drink, and they ended up going to a gay bar right. against the wishes of at least one of the members of the group. I felt a little weird about that whole gay bar scene, though. 
I Did like you feel it. a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I think I had a little bit of, uh, I felt like I was having the reaction I expect you to have. What's that? <laughs> and that I was a little bit like they're kind of co-opting our space for their own ends. Uh, like the straight guys and gals coming in to a gay space. But you're going to be offended about that when you read a story. Okay, so I'm going to read a story last week where like a, a werewolf like eats I said, I human felt like I, like I said, I felt like I was having the reaction <laughs> that you normally would. You know, I was getting all like political <laughs> and, oh, you know, but then they all, space. But, but it's kind of like, like to use the Tetris blocks metaphor, they meet up and leave. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they're going to take care of themselves and then we'll, we'll yeah, be well, there and, in the and, restrooms. And honestly, and, and I, I don't think it was a good reaction I had. You know this little bit, you know, because I, I I've never had a problem with straight people. I just gay like clubs the line. Before. I like the know, line. We're in, gonna we're in gonna in get, real life. Yeah, we're gonna get girly drink girly drink drunk. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, this is a good line. Um, yeah, I like like George the gay friend who is of course a fox, a fox because Bears foxes are gay. Foxes are just. They're everywhere. They're ubiquitous. They are. They represent everything that. That's what I think is cool about using a fox. Foxes are the aloe fur, right? Aloe fur. Yeah. I'm not it's familiar all, with the term. Yeah, yeah all, sure. In the all fur. They just represent everything that thing that is desirable and popular, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, maybe if you're someone like the sun bear, something you'd see as being exclusive, right? Right. Particularly, and I think just well, he's being not a standard any fox. fox he's a fennec fox. You know, which are the at least I think oh, of the yeah. furry fandom, you know, they're the slightest, squishiest foxes uh, yeah. around. It's like, you know? I mean, it's like, let's take a fox and let's make it even more effeminate. <laughs> There's our fennec. Yeah, that's, so, that's Which that's I think gratuitous. is one of the interesting things that the story played on, though, and one of the issues I think it raised. Because at one point, well, I guess it's when he's talking with his uh, father-in-law, grandpa... Um, you know, he's like, well, you can't replace Molly. And, you know, he's like, well, I'm not trying to replace, I know I can't replace Molly, I'm not trying to. But at the same time, I really feel like here's, you know, wife number two. Well, he said that he still needs someone to take the place of the person who has that loving role in his, in mm-hmm. his life. And I think he said that no one can replace what Molly didn't contribute right. into it, to the family, and that much is clear, but... Mm-hmm. At the same time, you need a, cl- a clean resolution at the end of the story. After everything just gets pieced together so wonderfully and everything mm-hmm. just goes so perfectly, it'd be kind of weird for it to end on a crooked note. So, well, so no, what? but I, I guess it's that is Leif the wife. I mean, there's even the line where the kid goes, is, is he going to be our new mm-hmm. mommy? And, I mean, it almost seems like they're... I, I, that's why I say it's, it's gratuitous. It's a good gender fuck, you know. Which you know we've used that term before, yeah. gender fuck. And but you know, is this? It's such a. It's such a. Um, the roles they're fitting into are. I guess I want to say very kind of stereotypical, heteronormative roles where you know Brian's the guy and Letha's the girl. I think. A much more particular interpretation to put on that mm-hmm. is that Leith is the whore and Brian is the John. I mean, to me, this one, it seems much more like, I mean, yeah, you can say that, that he's doing the domestic tasks mm-hmm. while uh, 
uh, Brian How do you really feel the... about marriage? You can say that, but I mean, it, it, I think it, it ultimately is just part and parcel with the whole fantasy concept where he, he's doing all the domestic roles that he isn't capable of filling. And yeah, you can say that's the wife figure, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you don't want to necessarily conflate the f- feminine figure with the domestic figure. We're supposed to be getting past that, aren't we? I mean, well, yeah, in the 1950s, right. that is acceptable, story, but at the same time. I mean, I mean how, is, how is Leith not like the perfect 50s housewife? Except he's a guy. He goes to college. He's getting an education. No, they would usually would, but then they wouldn't work after that. But they'd go and get an education because they want he had they had to be interesting at cocktail you know, parties. And uh, to be sure, they very much develop. He's very much developed as a, a parental figure. He's the oldest of eight cho- mm-hmm. uh, of eight mm-hmm. children, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then they say that's his excuse for being so so good with children. Although actually, it does kind of disappoint me. Where I, I well, think- when you when you're foxes, you've got to have at least eight, so at least one of them straight. Yeah. Right. You know, you got to pass on the genes somehow. You got to you got to have lots of kids because you know the straight ones have to really. It's hold like up the it's like one in ten. It's just the opposite of. It makes sense now. It um, does. It does. That's why foxes have big families because they gotta. But I was going to say, I, I think the reason why it's easy to interpret it as him just wanting this feminine domestic type is because it never re- the story never really addresses why. Uh, Laith is so into Brian. Hmm. And I think from Brian's perspective, yeah, he's a little bit ignorant of it, and his ignorance of that creates some some drama and some tension in the story himself, because he, he wonders at some point if there are even ulterior motives to this. Right, he does. So, yeah. but I mean, same, he, he definitely wonders that same question. I, would just, I just really would have liked to see this get paid off somehow, and I, mean, I think what you're expected to think is just Laith likes bears, Laith likes older guys. Cool, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's wonderful but i'd like to see some kind of explanation for this just some but kind of why this older guy right but that, that's a good Something. point you know we don't see we don't really have any evidence of what specifically his personality is self-sacrificing right he is loving and giving as the title says and that's obviously what the story is written around because this is you know these titles are taken from the old you know poem uh it's like a Star Trek episode. Uh, but, right, so, I mean, the, the title's first, and the story is written based on that. Right. Uh, which is an interesting construct. Usually, we go the opposite way. But um, um, So, it, it's kind of interesting. And, and so, his character is definitely taking that into account. But is he, I guess maybe you're wondering, is he too giving and loving? Well, if you're not into this kind of thing, that's probably your immediate response is going to be. But if this is your deal, like your cake, mm-hmm. you don't really want to question it. You, yeah. just want, you just want it to work out. And it didn't do... That's right, not, and it didn't do, you know, the thing that you see in bad furry stories where, like, they meet at the club and they fuck in the bathroom and then they're like, Toonses, I love you. Will you be my mate? And you say, <laughs> Oh my god, I will love you forever. Let's go to Taco Bell. I'm fucking drunk. Yeah, exactly, and and we'll be mates. Hooray! Yeah, hooray! After <laughs> after after a fuck in the restroom one one night, you yeah. know, at a club. So they didn't do that. I mean, it was sort of like that, but it did happen over several months. But it's interesting. Like, obviously, I guess to to believe it, there would have had to have been. I want to say, you know, more moments with just the two of them. More moments with getting just to know each other, maybe. Yeah, and and we we don't see those. We see. The things that are... It, it's very much Brian's story. 
And mm-hmm. we see the moments in this relationship that are, you know, the most crystallizing important for him. And right. maybe that relates to this, because you said something about, you, you were wondering about the grandfather and the, the mother, or yeah. grandmother. And what, what did you, well, I think that relates to this. Well, I think, like I said, it, like, like we said, this is very much Brian's story, and I think that maybe these scenes could have been mined a bit deeper. Because I, I think what the way they're used is, is just to... But I think what these scenes mostly serve as, and it, it, it's, you know, pragmatic and it's defensible, like, because that's what the story is, it's pulp. It, it serves as, I think, building tension for the pulp, building a, a pent-up feeling in the bear for the pulp, because it really transitions almost directly into it. Well, and we've and, all been there, haven't we? I mean, like, raw, frustrated. And yeah. Then, and then you want to fuck somebody. Yeah, you know? but it was like, okay, so he says, I don't want to have this conversation, but for the story, it might have been much better for them to have the conversation in terms mm. of developing the characters. And I, I say that because this might be... But that's kind of realistic, because sometimes people don't want to... You know, sometimes people won't do the thing that may be realism, better fuck for realism. Them. I wanted to see conflict. I wanted to see fights and fireworks fly. I don't care if it's realistic well, or not. I want to see shit happen. Well, you just said it's too happen. fantasy because they end up together. <laughs> no, but, and then no, it's like, oh, it's realistic. What makes it a fantasy? No, no, no. When I say it's a fantasy, situation. I mean it's like something you close your eyes and dream about. That's what I mean when yeah. it's a fantasy. It's because it's gratuitous in that respect. Which is fine. I mean, I think that's great. But I think... I came to that conclusion ultimately because so many of these scenes were, I think, they could have been developed into much more critical scenes themselves, but they just kind of flowed along and s- set up how important mm-hmm. Lathe was to Brian. But that's the object these... of the story. Yeah, it is. So I don't want to be too critical of it. At so, the same I mean, time, you know, in a short story, you've got to economize. And if, you, if the story is about why Lathe is important to Brian... Do you need to develop those other this other scenes? Sure, because I mean, in, in the I, end, I would argue maybe but, you don't. Uh, but anyway, come on. And I, I think, think there might have been. So. I don't think there might have been ways to maybe help Lath get a bit more developed. That so he doesn't mm-hmm. come across quite so like a fantasy figure mm-hmm. and like a, a domestic servant, even like just like a, a g- generic type you might put in your head sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's the only real criticism I have of the work, and I still really like it because I yeah. like Twinks and Bears, and it's really well, well we written, don't, but... I mean, all we know of Lay's personality is that he is endlessly giving, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome, but, you know, we don't know beyond that... I mean, obviously he he enjoys being that way, but we don't know what else he enjoys, necessarily. We don't even know what he's studying. I think he's a Timothy Treadwell type. He goes to live amongst the bears. The bears. Yeah. It's Grizzly Fox. Grizzly Fox, yeah. Oh, my God. That is, the, by the way, the furriest movie I think I've ever seen. Nobody told me how furry Grizzly Man was. Yeah. I mean, the entire movie is the dude, like, hanging out with foxes, by the way. Yeah. No, I see. He's obsessed with them. Von Vorner Herzog is a great guy. He's a yeah. badass. The he entire was, movie's you, about You heard about the interview, right? Which like, he was doing an interview of somebody, this was several years ago, I think in Mexico, at a cafe. He was shot by stray gunfire during the interview really? and continued doing the interview and then got medical treatment when he was done. That's awesome. He is a badass. That's crazy. Yeah. But he didn't get eaten he by a bear. He didn't get eaten by... Well, he's not stupid. He's a I badass, mean, but he's, he's not stupid. You know, what's, you know, what's not stupid, okay? First of all, he lived with the bears for 13 summers, and then he only got eaten by the bears, and the bear invaded his camp. Yeah, yeah. That's my argument, okay? He, did, he didn't do anything that was stupid. The bear invaded his we base and killed him. I, you could argue 
that being in that close proximity to bears might be stupid. What I would argue was that clearly he had a death wish. That's great, cool, good for him. But also, he killed another person that was by his side. Yeah, yeah. That's the sun bears are pretty thing. cool. We, sun we bears did are look up. We went up. We looked. <laughs> we looked up on because uh, I didn't know what a sun bear looked like. So I went to Google image and looked up. They're very cool. They have like sort of uh, like a golden collar around their yeah. neck. It's pretty neat. Like they might like should have a mason pretty symbol adorable. on their chest. Yeah. And it was nice to see a you know species that I had to go look up cuz you definitely see in furry literature there are, there are a few basic species that we see all the time. Mm-hmm. Um wolves and foxes we see all the time. And then there's other like tigers, lions, uh you know probably otters and weasels and rabbits and Driving you know, cats. Coons, yeah, cats, you know, I mean, there, there's a, there's a, you know, maybe a dozen, mm-hmm. especially common species. And then it's weird because you'll see the species that isn't common at all, but some artist like made a character that became, you know, kind of popular and all of a sudden now it's like, you know, why ring tails? Like ring tails, right? Like, like, you know, Terry Smith's Chester, like that's the only reason that ring tails are popular. Is that them? There you go. Fuzzwolf, don't, I won't time. tell Fuzzwolf you said that, because he has a huge, like, Chester thing. Okay, well, when, when was this Chester thing came out? I became a furry, like, well, 2006. See, let's see. I think she... I don't remember if Chester... Don't do that. Oh, sorry. I don't remember if Chester predated Havoc, Inc., the graphic novel, or comic. Havoc, Inc.? Havoc, Inc. Lost it's on. a good one. It's a good one. I've got one through four, and you can look at it, but... You know, Chester was, like, super boy type. Terry Smith is, you know, still with the oh, older Oh, no, crew. I'm most deaf. One of my first... And she did, she, she drew a lot of, she, she edited a lot of the, or drew a lot of the stories in Associated Student Bodies that feature the raccoon, Ricky. Ricky Raccoon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the first furry pics I saw was something Art Decade posted somewhere mm-hmm. of him smashing Chester in the face there with a baseball go. bat. There you go. That's who that was. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah, I had, didn't you, I mean, when you were first becoming a furry, didn't you have, like, a character that you kind of had a crush on? No. Really? No, I just really, really? like, I think I just really liked Art Decades art because of the bears. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Okay, so you like I like the, the bears. bears. Well, that's good. <laughs> I had a thing for Falstaff back in the day, which is definitely before your time. What's Falstaff? He was a kind of, I don't know, like a husky dog mix or something that Ginger, a.k.a. Jessica Willard, did. And this would have definitely been before your time. We're talking like 98. 98? I would yeah. have been literally about 10 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I said. Uh, but, no, I had a little uh, Falstaff crush. And uh, Fuzzwell still has a Chester crush. Really? Yeah. Well, he after just, all these years. After all these years. He just got a commission. Uh, he actually opened one up. A uh, commission slot. And he got it. And I think probably spent some Boku bucks on it, but it, it's yeah. definitely worth it for him. So it was That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. People uh, like Twinks. People like to, and Twinks Chester, are in demand. Chester's Twinkie. Twinks are in Chester's demand. Chester's Twinkie. Um, but yeah, I can I can show you Havoc Inc. later. Uh, so anyway, let's see. What else haven't we done? Oh, we've touched on the intergenerational stuff in your own life story. That's kind it's of not, a gay tradition, isn't it? Isn't it isn't that significant too? to me, though. Yeah. It seems like it's... It, 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 I don't know. It doesn't really process in my head that we're, like, ten years separate. Mm-hmm. I think we, we just get along, like, on a mm-hmm. similar level. I think there's a little bit of a gay tradition, though. Like, especially, I think, in the, like, Stonewall days and stuff, there's a lot of 
like reading that you know young guys like often their first relationship would be with an older guy who would sort of show them the the gay ropes as it were and i don't know if that's as common anymore as it used to be i wouldn't imagine because i think i could you don't need myself people like right you don't country. need somebody to show you the gay ropes anymore you have the internet yeah. Furries. In the chains. That's what furries were for me. It was like furries were yeah. my first real like, made, uh, exploration into yeah, sexuality. Uh, Bun got me on both, basically at the same time. Like he show, introduced me to furries. This was like in high school, and then soon after that, started introducing me to gay furries. And <laughs> I, being bi, it never occurred to me even that I could like guys. Oddly enough. Which I'm always impressed by when I read, you know, when I, guys who are gay, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, yeah, I knew when I was five or I knew when I was six. Right. And that's kind of cool to me because I never, it never even occurred to me. And I think it was because I did have crushes on girls and things. So I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I knew. Oh, I was kind of a late bloomer. Yeah. I never really felt when I was younger that, oh, I knew for sure I was mm-hmm. gay, but... I always kind of just expected I would start liking women, mm-hmm. and then sometime around like early high school, I started mm-hmm. liking guys instead. I never did until like he started like one started hitting on me. Um, Bun turned you. Yeah, he turned me. Thanks, Bun. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Bun. <laughs> he's sitting over. He's got his headphones I on think, while he's playing poker right I think, now, so he doesn't have to hear our discussion and get all blushy and stuff. Homosexuals really ought to go out and recruit. We really ought yeah. to try to make sure that these, these straight guys can understand just how awesome being gay is. I wish you wouldn't use homosexuals. It's not, it's like homosexuals. They had, um, <laughs> they had a guy on the Diane Reem show this morning on NPR who was like a focus on the family asshole. And he was saying homosexuals. And he, he says homosexuals. And it's like, nobody says homosexuals anymore unless they are homophobic. So, like, everybody else is like, oh, yeah, gay people are great. Like, nobody's like, homosexuals are great. You know, it's always like, well, we don't hate homosexuals, but, you well, know, da 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 I like da. homosexuals because homosexuals is the next outdated term. Like, you ever, like, yeah. ever have someone refer to it as, like, Greek love or urbanism oh, or, like, yeah. or was, like, the German Greek love. I just, I, I just really enjoy my, outdated my, terms I've got, a, I've got a debt crisis of my Greek love. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't know. Let's see. Is there anything else? Uh, Brian's point of view. Well, and, and you, as you said, you love the story. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. I did too. Bears so and twins. thank you, uh, Fuzz, for picking it out. Thank you, Sione. Fuzz and uh, Siani, for yeah. letting us feature it. Um, we're always happy to do these things, uh, you know, and give a book a little plug uh, from friends of ours. So. Cube Triangle wanted me to point out from last week, he says mm-hmm. that he did not intend that story to be a vor story. So mm-hmm. maybe, like, my, my naivete was well How could that well not be a vor story? I don't know, that's what I was thinking. Too. I mean, I think the guy more, definitely like, got he eaten, I thought. Most that, but I don't think he, he meant for it to be a pulpy story. But the fact is, people are going to enjoy that. Yeah. That's just people the way things that. are going yeah. to work. Yeah. But it was cool, because like, like, I, I enjoyed it on, on the same level, yeah. though, like, not as a I'm not a into vor, story, but I but... enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> We can't distance ourselves from the I, I, I'm not, yeah. I, I, I don't like I don't vor. I just really liked Grizzly Man. Yeah, I just really, well, it was like a, a, a vor-centric movie. I guess movie. I don't like vor because it's, I don't know, was, I mean, I think we've talked about this, but it's just, I don't know, it's so weird to me. Like, I, especially, you know, there's hard vor and there's soft vor. I don't accept that excuse. Like, it's so weird to me because so many things are so clearly That's so weird. weird. Oh, yeah. People, but that could be why I'm not into it. I'm not into vor because I'm not into being eaten and digested. Right, Exactly. 
That's but the, you know specific. you know the difference between hard and soft bore, right? That's the crunching, right? Yeah, like hard bore is you're actually being like it's much more like realistic, like you're being rendered and stuff and yep eaten and soft bore you get eaten whole. It's supposed to be tender and, and then loving. right, yeah, and they're always like you fell asleep in their warm embrace, and it's like, dude, you're being eaten. You know? we're, we're alienating all of our listeners. We're alienating it's every like, single one of them. You don't fall asleep. You're being eaten, dude. That's my problem. That's when I read these stories. I'm like, no. Because you read all the four stories, right? I, I well, you know, I do because I, I, I'm always, I do read these in stories. You know, I want to challenge myself. If a story's popular, I give it a read usually. Because I want to see, you know, what are people... I'm going to start buying some Danielle Steele novels. Oh, God. I read one more story. I read one more story. I got about a thousand words in, and then the mouse pulls out a gun and shoots the wolf in the head. And I think the last line is, the the wolf went on to have a funeral that nobody attended. Not even his parents or something like that. That's That's my more story. That's a terrible story. It was a Vore Nobody's trap gonna want specifically. To read that. Well, the thing is, like, I wanted to get it. I just wanted to make it just long enough so that the Vore fans would read it and get to that point. <laughs> that was the idea, and no payoff. No, but what happens is all the people that watch me that don't it's like, like you Vore just it, see you, you pulled their cocks, their collective cocks out. You got them right to the edge, and then you're like, no, reform <laughs> zipped it up. Pushed him out the door. Yep. Reform thyself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a tease. You're brutal. All right, guys. <laughs> hey, uh, you told me to quit about... smoking. I'm going to tell them to stop eating oh, people. Yeah, because it's a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. that I think about wraps it up, guys. Uh, you unless you had anything to add. I still really like bears. Yep. You heard it here first, folks. I heard it here first, like, multiple episodes ago. Multiple episodes like, ago. first yes. episode. Still likes bears. It hasn't changed. All right, guys. Well, uh, have a good week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new story. Uh, pick a couple possibilities, so I won't say which one yet. And uh, we'll uh, let's see. Actually, in two weeks, I will be out of town. Cool. I'll be on vacation, and uh, we're gonna have. I think Spencer here is gonna get a guest. Sure, we'll to find do someone. the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Or so we'll Skype or look something. forward to it. Yeah, or we'll figure something out. So I think that'll be fun. Yep. All right. Take care. Ciao, everybody. First with your hands, then with your mouth. The downpour of sweat, damp cotton clouds. I was a fool, you were my friend. We made it happen. You took off your clothes, you left on the light. You stood there so brave, you used to be shy. Each feature improved, each movement refined. And eyes like a showroom. Now they're laying out the blankets on the beach. You want to see? That was great. That's a bright eyes song. That's awesome. Yeah, very good. That's like a really good bright eyes song. Mm -hmm.